HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Two percent, two percent, two percent. Uh, the two percent's right over here. Oh, hey, Jenna. I didn't know you shopped here. Uh, yeah, anything to support local food, know what I mean? I definitely do. Though that's not the only thing you do in the name of Good Eats, obviously. Well, true. I also host Eating Matters every Wednesday at 5 p.m. where we talk about food policy and how it impacts all of us. Be sure to tune in. All right, gotta get the plug in there, I get it. Yep, I'm hashtag shameless. You know what else you can do to support the local food community, right? Well, yeah. Make a donation to Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. That's right. And I gotta call you out on the whole local thing. What do you mean? Well, The Farm Report, A Taste of the Past, Japan Eats. Those are shows that take you around the country and the world. I'll give you that. So how can listeners give their support? It's pretty easy. Just go to heritageradionetwork.org and click on the big red heart in the top right corner. It's pretty easy from there. Thanks. Today's program is brought to you by Nettle Meadow Farm Cheese and Spirits Pairing, taking place on Saturday, June 18th at Nettle Meadow Farm. For more information, visit nettlemeadowcheeseandspirits.com. That's N-E-T-T-L-E, meadowcheeseandspirits.com. I'm Michael Ameko from Food Talk. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food. We talk about music with musical dudes. Finger on the pulse, snacky tunes.
Tunes. I am one half your host, Darren Bresnitz. We are sitting in Homestead in LA, but I feel like we could be in Austin, right? Sure, everybody says I feel like I'm in Austin right now. I see the succulents, I see the Topo Chico. That's great. <laughs> I'm with Brianna Valdez, founder, owner, taco visionaire. Ambassador. Ambassador. And that's a much better word. Taco ambassador. I want do they have state to state ambassadors? I think so. You could be I'm one. I'm part of it. You could be one for I Austin. I should be one. Uh, well, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, I am an, I myself am an expat from Austin. Short-lit. Texpat. Texpat. Oh, I've never heard that. How much Texas paraphernalia do you have? Uh, not not too much. Just, you know, mostly like the leather-bound Texas monthlies are like my biggest, my prized possession. Oh, really? You're yeah. a huge, huge fan. Yeah. <laughs> I love, love Texas monthly. Have they written about you yet? Just a blurb. There's a piece that has been in the works, for, I, I've been told, but I haven't seen it yet. But the founder has been in a couple of times. All right, all right. So I feel like big. people in Texas love nothing more than to writing about, like, Texas things. Oh, yeah. They, like, that, that's, like, Texas number one and everything else. <laughs> um, so we are sitting here in L.A., but you are from Austin originally, right? Actually born. Um, my oh, and you're from Texas. From Texas, all over. Yeah, my parents lived outside of Houston when we were born, but I'm a triplet, so we were born at the big in the biggest next city. So that was Houston. Huh. And then um, we moved to Victoria, which is a small town in Texas, and then from there moved to Dallas area, then to San Antonio, then back to Houston area, where I finished high school and then went to college in um, in Austin at St. Edwards. Oh, so you're like one of the very handful of people that did not go to UT. Yeah. But you lived in Austin. Mom cooked, dad cooked, grandma cooked. Where'd you fall in love with Texas uh, food? When I left. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so you took it for granted. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was just kind of a, you know, on every corner. I thought, no. te- I thought, I thought Texas food was Mexican food. No. And then a real culture shock coming out to L.A. and ordering uh, queso and getting a bowl of cheese and ordering a frozen margarita and having everybody look at me like I was crazy. And you came, you've been here since 2000, right? Yep. So you take it for granted. What was that first, when did you first go back to Texas and you ate a taco? What was that like? How long did it take for you to get home? Um, not long. I was going, I was going home pretty regularly at that time. And, you know, it hadn't been such a, um, a long departure from the food that, you know, I went back and said, okay, let's definitely make time for that. But the more time that went on, the more of an absence I realized that that existed here. And for me personally, um, but for the city at large. And so I just would always check in to see had anybody done it yet. I'd check in on the websites, the blogs, Nobody was doing it, and I waited for almost ten years. <laughs> ten years. Yeah. I so. remember. I remember that, uh, especially in New York, and then at times when I come to LA, I'd be like, "Where are the breakfast tacos? Yeah, where are they? They gotta and, be here." And it seemed, <laughs> I'm sure it seems so simple to you. That's like, how do these not exist? That's a question that I think I definitely. I know I ask myself over and over again, but. It was a question I think so many people from Texas who have moved to other cities ask themselves because they, yeah, again, something we thought was ubiquitous, but it's definitely not. So that was the that was the the bummer, but it was also the exciting part. Did you feel that moment when when you were getting started and everything started to formulate? Like, please don't let someone scoop me. Please don't let someone scoop me. Like, please don't let someone. There was a mad sense of urgency. I mean, I just felt like. I didn't know who I was up against, but I, fi- I figured if I was going at and making them go for it, that somebody else must have been. I mean, I just couldn't imagine that nobody else was. So I remember another restaurant opened up downtown, and I was really, I was really bummed because I thought they beat me to it. But it was actually a bit of a different presentation. Um, All right. So for those who don't know, yeah. the Texas breakfast taco, some people may have had eggs on a tortilla in a restaurant or a hotel somewhere, but for those who've never had the Texas 
style of a breakfast taco. What is it, and how is it different from everything else? Um, I think that the I think that the the best way to describe it is the broadest term to describe a breakfast taco is simplicity. Mm. So simple. Deceptively simple. It's deceptively simple. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. Because you eat it and you go like, I can do this. And then right. you try and do it and you're like, what am I missing? What yeah. Did, what did I make a mistake of? Yeah. But it's like, egg, it's usually eggs and one other ingredient. Yeah. Um, that's how I, I mean, that's how we do it at home state. People get creative and want to have it the way that their grandma, their mother made it for them. So they'll, we let them add items onto the taco and, um, but yeah, we definitely want to present something really simple. And if you think about it, I think of it as a food that your mom may would have made you with leftovers. Um, so for example, like our migas, which is not a taco here, but it's a classic taco in Austin, the migas taco. So we don't, we have, we serve three different kinds of migas, but they're scrambled eggs with crispy tortillas and onions. So, and cheese. But the reason why that dish was born is because moms or grandmothers have leftover tortillas from the night before. And it was a way to utilize them and make something pretty filling. So it's resourcefulness, just like a lot of the current food trends, you know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, retro trends going back to way you, people used to eat and also making the most out of things that people may have thrown away. Um, a real so, uh, like yolk to shell type of approach. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when did you, so when, when did this idea start to formulate? So you were in California working for Thomas Keller for a while, right? Yeah. I worked for him for four years. So fine dining to breakfast taco, the natural jump, everyone, you know. <laughs> But, I mean, I'm sure that his, I mean, for those who haven't been here, it's a tight space, but I'm sure his approach to, like, space and use and precision has helped in growing what is this, like, amazing taco joint. Thank you. Absolutely. I I call that time in my life my restaurant university. It was mm. a really big learning experience for me, and I took every, I tried to take everything in and um, really learn everything I could. So, absolutely, I, I think... I've always had a love for hospitality. I was in hospitality before I worked for Thomas Keller. I worked in the spa industry. Um, And then, um, and you know, definitely honed it with Thomas Keller. And then his partner, Laura Cunningham, was my, is is still my mentor. And um, her, she was really, she's really credited with creating the level of hospitality that exists at French Laundry. Um, I remember she told me that she hired a ballet dancer to come in and work with the staff to help them learn how to move um, elegantly in a very small space because the French laundry is very small. Um, So so same here. Um, We are 900 square feet, and uh, we open every Saturday and Sunday with 17 staff members. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. We have four tables, and somehow we have about 500 people on the weekends. And a line out the door, right? Yeah. So you've been open for how many years now? Um, We're almost at two and a half. How do you feel? How was year one versus year two versus year three? I mean, such a huge feeling to have such a, a place that continues to grow every month that just just when you think everybody's heard about heard about homestate that had would want to come to homestate there's another another rush of people that find out about it and then we have the thing i think i'm most proud of is that our, our guests that come back i mean we have some people that come every day every other day three times a week four times a week so our our return our the the amount of times that people visit us is pretty inc- incredible i think really unique so, where did the original recipes come from? Did you, were you a chef? Did you work with somebody? Where did you decide? Because, I mean, your breakfast tacos are not traditional, and, like, in some ways, they have a lot of great toppings and the combinations. So, where did you get started in saying, like, we're going to narrow it down, but it's going to be authentic and yet a little re-inspired? Absolutely. I think that was the biggest challenge, to really narrow it down, because Texas has such a... Um, has such a, a big story to tell and and a lot of versions of it and I think trimming it and editing it was the biggest challenge so um, deciding that I wanted to do um, not focus on barbecue really focus on the breakfast taco I, I actually 
was very lucky to have a lot of chef friends mm-hmm. who helped me. We did pop-ups um, along the way and figured out what was what were what, what was the difference between Los Angelinos taste buds and um, and Texans taste buds. How, what was the difference? What were people, some people going to be drawn to here um, that was not necessarily predictable? Something that we thought from LA from Austin. So um, those pop-ups were really informative. Um, and helped us kind of continue to trim things down. And then I actually worked with a French chef at the very beginning really? who has an amazing pedigree. And so he helped he, he helped him lend a lot of French techniques to a lot of what we do here, which nobody really knows. It's for your eggs um, and things like that? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. God, you got to love that, right? Look yeah. at that smile. It's so awesome. <laughs> and then, of course, fresh-made tortillas, which I think without those, why even bother? Why even bother? I mean, I think my main goal and mission in life is to make the best version of itself, and itself being breakfast tacos and tacos in general and queso. Um, you know, it's very simple, and, you, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who who think they could pull it off, but really there's there's so much intention that goes into every, every ingredient, every process, and so that when you get your simple taco, it kind of blows your mind. I mean, I had one today, I felt like I was going to black out. It was so good. It was a trinity. It's so simple. So good. But it's just so good. We'll get some of them at work at times, and uh, I will start with two, but no, I'm going to eat four, <laughs> and do that thing where I'm walking with the water cooler and go, what's, alright, what's that? And then even like two, three hours while still sitting in the foil, I eat it, and I'm just like, damn. Uh, thank you for bringing that up, because there's something that happens inside the foil. I don't know what it is. And I don't know what it is, but it's like a magic machine where it just thinks all all the flavors and textures come together and create like the perfect bite. It's like this like taco it's a taco atmosphere s- taco system. It's a taco system. Um, all right, well we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna have a track from Small Black, and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about uh, how local obsession, expat home, and then your work with different bands and the Silverlake Conservatory of Music. Great. Uh, this is Brianna Valdez from Hope and this is Small Black live on Heritage Radio Network.
Center is a proud sponsor of the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting-edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at InternationalCulinaryCenter.com. All right, we are here with Brianna from Home State, sitting in the clubhouse. Could be in Austin, but we are in L.A. And, uh, you know, I want to go back to something we talked about before because what I love about your place and what I love about breakfast tacos in general is that they're so deceptively simple, but people have such a connection to them. Um, I mean, I know that when I land in Austin, first stop is Tex-Mex. And I feel that you have created this place where people can't make it back to Texas can like emotion connect here yeah you know what's interesting is some people go some people go to texas and then the day they get back they come here to kind of make that connection they're like i just flew in and my first stop was here because it's almost like a reminder that they're they're okay like they're back at their home which is now home for them la is now their home but and they still have the connection to what is the, maybe the fabric of, of what they think of when they think of home which it's is a, the food and they and a lot of people have come in here and cried. I mean, when they no. cry, when they first come to home state and they realize what it is and that we are representing a place that they're from for have the you, first time ever in LA. I mean, people get very emotional. Have it's, you seen? Have you been here when someone? Have you gotten hugged? Has someone hugged you? All the time. All the time. That's so hugged, awesome. Thanks. Um, people. I, People are just so glad that someone finally did it. It's only a matter of time. But, yeah, people people get really emotional, and it's it's validating. You know, it's funny because people put all the stake and in, into or put all these accolades on fine dining, which is right place, right time. But I don't know. You find a place like this, and you go, like, I just want this in my life all the time. And, I mean, is yeah, that... Yeah, that makes me know. really happy to hear because I do think that there is... Um, a time and place for fine dining and that's definitely where I've learned so much from and I think it informs casual dining and makes casual dining better um, once you have kind of my goal was to bring ho- the hospitality of fine dining to a really casual setting and bring the care of ingredients and the preparation of ingredients from a fine dining setting into a casual setting and pre- present it at a really casual price and a really casual vibe in a place where you order the counter and you get your food brought to you, but after that you really feel cared for. And I think that, you know, it's not something that many people get to access. Not many people get to access true hospitality, especially if you live in L.A. and you're just trying to get food. But here you can get food and you can feel really taken care of. So that's my, um, you know, I think to bridge those two worlds is the ultimate. It's like a warm tortilla security blanket. (laughs) Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, when people have this much of an emotional connection, I'm assuming that they get obsessed with like a specific type of taco. Yeah, there are some pretty strong allegiances. I mean, I've always i've I've said this before. Like we we should have team T-shirts, like Team Blanco. You would be Team Migas. I would be Team Migas. I think that that you know when I was living in Austin, I didn't discover Migas until a week before I left. No. And, which is great because I think I would have left like <laughs> like 20 pounds. When, that's when I was living there. But now when I go back, I just, I, I mean, I, I crave it. Um, what, what team would you be on? 
it depends on the week. Right? I actually have, I spend a lot of weeks now on Team Natchez, which is mm. I do a black bean and egg and cheese, and it's just so easy and simple. But today I had a Trinity, and I I almost blacked out. It was so good. So I think I'm gonna. I think I need to go back to Team Trinity for a while. I mean, I know that when we we'll, we'll get these at work, and I'll have like two. I'll get three of a kind to start. No, okay. Well, yeah, I was going to say two of a kind, but who am I kidding? I'll get three of a kind to start, <laughs> and then I'll let, like, the one I enjoy the most to dictate the one that I get, like, two or three hours later, which is still absolutely incredible and sometimes even better, like, sometimes wrapped. Better. It's like that taco ecosystem yeah. atmosphere. I heard a guy the other day um, telling his friend that he had a, po- a, 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 a potato taco in his pocket all afternoon the day before, and it was still good at the end of the day. And so he was back the next day for another one. Oh and gosh. I mean, oftentimes, my sister who comes here almost every day, Andy, she almost always has a taco in her purse. Oh my God, that's that's a good. That, <laughs> I feel like instead of having like smartphone chargers, they should have like a, an area to fit one perfectly wrapped breakfast taco. It's a good call. Um, so, in addition to offering uh, people a home or a place of comfort. You also do some community work with the Silver Lake Conservatory of Music, right? Yes. We partnered with them. Um, we really wanted to support our community and thought they were a perfect um, fit for us because, you know, Austin being the music, um, having the music focus that it does and, um, uh, you know, home state is a home to so many great musicians and artists. So we thought, why don't we let allow those, um, allow like partner up with different bands or musicians, allow them to create something that they love and let them share that with their community. They get to name it as well. Um, so awesome. And then proceeds go to um, support the Silver Lake Conservatory Scholarship Program. So we're supporting um, students who otherwise wouldn't be able to go there. So, you know, I think everybody has really enjoyed being a part of it. Um, it's good old fashion fun. Um, who was the first one to do one? Um, Spoon. So Britt Daniels created it. Texas Boys. Texas Perfect. Boys, yeah. Do they come, were they fans first? Yeah, Britt's been coming for a very long time. Oh, Britt. So. Just good old Britt. Yeah. What's it, what does he eat? What's his favorite? Um, he created the Migas taco, something that he mm. felt was lacking on the menu. We have Migas, but something that you see in Austin all the time is the Migas taco. And yeah, here I, we have this Migas add tortillas. You can uh, make your own tacos. I'll shout out El Chilito in Austin. Yeah. Because that was the first time I had a Migas taco. That roasted so tomato salsa. That's one of my favorite spots in Austin. It's sure. so good. Yeah. It's classic. I've I've stuffed myself silly on that back porch. <laughs> and like with all the gas of the Topo Chico as well. I'm just like, oh, I can't move. <laughs> um, and so then you've also worked with Questlove, right? Yep. Questlove, um, Cold War Kids, Cherry Glazer. Um, right now, we are working with Silver Sun Pickups. Hometown Heroes. So really, yeah, it's just so nice because again, they're such they're such a part of the community. And that's the wild kind, correct? Yeah, and it's pretty amazing. And uh, I heard a rumor that if you know what's in them and know how to order them, secret menu, get them anytime. Uh, yeah, depending on the day. Depending on yeah. the day. I mean, it's not. I don't want to make no. no I won't make any promises for people <laughs> listening because it is a small space. Yeah. Um, thank you. I feel like you should do like a taco compilation of like greatest hit tacos. Well, you know what? Actually, on a, they, we have had some people create playlists for us. Like Britt created a playlist oh, to go awesome. along with his taco. Um, Silverson Pickups just DJed on the launch of their taco date, and so really, like, really blending the music and the food together is just so fun. I feel like I, I don't think I. Unless it was like a short punk song, I don't think I would. If you put a breakfast and taco in front of me, it would last the length of any song. <laughs> I mean, it, not even a whole playlist, unless I was like <laughs> stuffing myself. Um, so what's what's next? What I mean, the lines that here are awesome on the weekends, big and awesome. You guys deliver. Next location, number two. Um, we yeah, we signed our second lease, which was uh, I really took my time with just to make sure we were ready and to find the right next next home and so we're going to be opening up in highland park at the end of this year that's amazing bigger yeah. spot slightly bigger slightly bigger yeah but really big patio really big patio very texas size patio oh my god liquor license yes oh man well in the in the works it's in all the, in the works <laughs> of course it's always in the works yeah <laughs> that'll be nice and same hours or is it going to be like i guess with beer you have a more we'll see. Time? Oh, so you got some plans. 
We'll see. I don't know yet. Uh, okay. I don't know. Okay, okay. Listen, I want to thank you for having Heritage come in. I also want to thank you for having a place where my wife, who I think introduced me to this place, uh, can come and hang out. I mean, honestly, like, we'll hang out here outside, and then we'll go to the vet, and the vet will be like, did I see you at home state? Like, it feels like a community, <laughs> very much a community here. Um, but yeah, my wife and we have had many, many uh, loving breakfast taco dates. Aww. Or we'll get uh, it to be postmated if we're a little too long in the tooth from the night before. Yeah. That's, Postmates and home states. Postmates and home states is like a winning combination. It is. That is that is uh, been a lifesaver. Like two, <laughs> when I'm like um, I can rate it be like it's a three taco, two topo chico type of night. Yeah. On a Sunday morning. Yep. Just lay on the couch and just like wrap myself in all that warmth. It served a lot of people well that delivery. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and so, where can people find you online? Um, well, our Instagram is called Home State. I don't Pretty know. Easy. You must have bribed the people on Instagram with like. Endless breakfast tacos. Well, the per- I think the person had it before had one follower and uh, one post. So oh, that like thing where someone's just holding it. Yeah, so it was easy. Like, hey, can we have that? I said, sure. Awesome. And, and then um, our website is myhomestate.com. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Everyone from whoever lived in Texas and now lives here, thanks you. <laughs> and uh, we have an awesome track from She Keeps Bees which has one of my favorite bag breakdowns ever uh, from Heritage. Uh, we'll be right back with some live music. This is Darren. I'm going to go eat nine tacos. Try and change it. Better know what you want. Remember how he's changed your mind before. Long as I have waited to know. Nettle Meadow Farm Cheese and Spirits Pairing is a celebration of good food and beverages in the newly restored Barn Loft event venue at Nettle Meadow Farm in Thurman, New York. On Saturday, June 18th, come sample and savor, then buy your favorite cheeses and beverages to take home. Nettle Meadow cheeses have been praised highly in national media and have won prestigious awards from the American Cheese Society. Taste samples of goat and sheep cheeses paired with an array of local regional wines, beers, and ciders. You'll never forget your first sample of rich, creamy Kunick, Nettle Meadows' trademark cheese. In Esquire, our very own Anne Saxelby said, Kunick, it may very well be the sexiest cheese in the USA. 
Nettle Meadow Farm is a goat and sheep dairy and cheese company in Thurman, New York, just below Crane Mountain in the Adirondacks, between Gore Mountain, North Creek, and Warrensburg. It's owned and operated by Lorraine Limbiase and Sheila Flanagan. Both have a great love of animals, artisan cheese, and the unique challenges of farm life. Nettle Meadow Farm was originally founded in 1990, and it's the home of over 300 goats, dozens of sheep, and a variety of farm sanctuary animals. Again, the Cheese and Spirits pairing is Saturday, June 18th. For more information and tickets, visit NettleMeadowCheeseAndSpirits.com. That's N-E-T-T-L-E, MeadowCheeseAndSpirits.com. Welcome back. We have the Undercover Dream Lovers live in studio. Welcome, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having us, man. Uh, thanks for letting me crawl over all your gear uh, in here. I mean, by count, I see like uh, like 2,023 pedals. Am I... How, am I close? I think you're a little short. <laughs> yeah, okay. count, I would count again. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, we're going to take a quick pause. We're going to do this. Um, you want to go around the room and introduce yourselves? Sure. Um, my name is Matt Koenig, uh, and I uh, started the project, wrote a bunch of the, wrote the songs, and uh, play guitar and sing. I'm Galen. I just play guitar. Well, don't just play guitar. No, I, j- I just play guitar. Okay, just play guitar. just a guitar player. Okay, just a guitar player. <laughs> We've got just a keyboard player over here. Okay. Uh, yeah, my name's John Paul. Okay. And hey, ju- and I'm uh, Shane. I play bass. Oh, okay. Um, I, it's always interesting to kind of hear the process of how something goes from like a solo bedroom-esque project uh, and how that kind of gets started and then how it evolves into having just a guitar player and just a key player and just a bass player <laughs> added in but like uh, what was the kind of process of, of evolving this from, from one man to multiple men? It's been pretty fast paced um, the project like I was away from music for a few years and finally got to like recording five songs I spontaneously like threw it together in like a two week period and um and kind of getting the guys together was really fast too uh, we had a show booked at Babies Alright and like just spread the word and we're like let's find a drummer let's find a keyboard player let's find a guitar player And when you say let's is that like the royal we? <laughs> oh um, well I guess I always speak in we oh, okay. personally I have a tendency to be like we should do this and I mean like can you do this for me? <laughs> so I have this I have a tendency to use that okay that, I just want to clarify yeah okay cool um, right, but uh, I've actually got two guys. This is actually a six-piece for the live show, and I have two drummers, too. Uh, an electronic drummer and an acoustic drummer, but they are absent because of previous engagements, so we put a robot to work tonight. That's fine. Yeah. yeah we have a lot of robots on this show. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, how does... I mean, what are you essentially looking for when you're uh, when it goes from royal we to collective we? Right, so when I do it in my room, uh, when I started everything, it was mostly me just wanting to get something that I could take it from Royal Wee to Collective Wee. I like just wanted to be out playing, but I had no material, and I just decided I needed to um, to make something. So I did it really fast, and I didn't like think, oh, this is going to be good for this guy to play or that guy to play. I just knew I needed to put some songs together so I could get out there and like be doing it in person. So I was like, what's the fastest way? I just throw all these ideas at the wall throw all of these um, songs on the table and then everyone here is so talented they just came in uh, the parts were already done so they're like sick this is easy we can just we can just play this and, and when the parts being done I mean obviously you know since you're playing everything on the EP when, when you bring in other people is there room for interpretation or is it just like a straightforward like this is how I wrote it please play oh like no this. definitely like I always encourage people to come in and bring their take, their take and touch some guys like to stick to it but I'm like Let's uh, let's let's make this different too. Um, I didn't like initially have like the grand vision figured out starting the uh, the first EP, and I just wanted to get going and have fun and play. But now as like we've gotten through that, I've kind of realized that I can like be more um, controlling with that and have a, have more of a vision. And like maybe I'll tell some parts in mind, or maybe I'll work with them on new parts. But that would this was pretty cut and dry. And like let's work with this basic idea. Maybe we change up some drum parts. Maybe we change up some key synth sounds. I didn't actually have any of the keyboard parts like saved because I would work so fast. I would work on one synth part and like not be sure if it was going to stay in the song. So I just worked to the next one and we'd have to like recreate all those sounds anyway. Gotta get a good synth guy for that. Yeah, that's true. Um, can, we hear, can we hear a song? Yeah, definitely. What's the, uh, what's the name of the first one? Uh, this first track is called The Master uh, and it's off the first EP, Wallets in Style. 
get over this amp that you guys brought like please tell me for for those who can't see it because it's radio it's a beautifully hand-painted amp with like a pyramid and a sunscape and like desert mountain it's just it's one of the coolest amps i've ever seen <laughs> uh, i bought the thing right before i went on a road trip and uh stopped in savannah uh to see some friends i went to scad and just had a bunch of weird art students go nuts on the thing because uh it was just too plain before that's just, just a guitar, guitar player. player. <laughs> just guitar. Um, but, uh, oh, so it's like not like a custom amp company, it's just like a bunch of friends drawing on it? No, it's just a Vox AC-15, pretty standard, pretty standard stuff. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, I mean, maybe give them a heads up that they could definitely like do something uh, with it. Um, well, I know you sent the, the call out um, for the bands, but like, uh, how did you end up meeting each other? Like, as you kind of like layer the personalities together, like, how did that all kind of come about? Through um, my my best friend and manager, um, she really pushed me to to reach out to some guys who were doing music. Uh, I just started working uh, with these guys, Shane and Galen, um, and 
knew they had some projects going on on the side. And uh, she was like, you know, you got to get this rolling, just reach out to them, even if they're just filling in. And, and then, like, we just started putting it together. It was working really well, and we just kept going with it. Uh, it's been, like, a blast ever since. So will this kind of change the future uh, way of, like, writing? Is it now a band, or is it still a, a solo project? Um, is it, I, I does it go back to the Royal Week? Yeah, it's still... So it's been back to the Royal Week because I've, like... Uh, <laughs> I've, um, I've been working on a lot of new tracks at my place, um, trying to figure out what I want to do next. Like I said, the first uh, five songs were, like, spontaneous, really uh, quick, like, just get something out there. Um, I'd rather... Uh, in the future, instead of just writing five songs and putting out five songs, write like ten or twenty songs and choose like what I think's the best and the most clear and cohesive and like conceptually together like a uh, full idea. So I'm like just writing as much as I can, and uh, I think the guys have been in a few times to my place, like helping out, and it's uh, it's still brand new ideas, but I think it's we just we play by ear a lot. I definitely do. My paces go with the flow for sure. Mm. I like to uh, I like to bring in other people's inspiration and ideas, and that's for me how I learn uh, everything that I've learned. I'm super open ear and I'm like a sponge. So uh, yeah, definitely gonna have some influence from these guys down the line. Um, I know you mentioned babies, but where are some of the other uh, favorite places to play around town? Um, well, for me, I'm like. I'm with this project so new to it. We played at Bowery Electric and Transpicos and Babies, and that's really it for the project. Um, new, new. Yeah, super new. I wrote the songs in October. Um, we put the band together a month before the first show, and that was April 8th, uh, which is, like, not long ago at all. No, it's not. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a very short time yeah. window. So we're, like, kind of living this in... Uh, there's not even like that much time to ask that many questions. No, or, yeah, it's it's so. Do you, do you do you have you had any experience yet that will like eventually go on to become like band lore? So when you do radio, like two years down the line, like oh, early days, we had this crazy <laughs> thing happen to us, or is it still too new? Well, I mean, I don't know. All of our practices are pretty like. So I didn't have a space, and Shane has a has a space, and we use that, and we have so much gear as you can see, like stumbling, yeah. stumbling over it. Um, <laughs> The thing is, a lot of the guys didn't know each other, and we pulled them together, and had I had a space that we just showed up, we, like, probably wouldn't have, like, gotten to know each other as well if we didn't have to, like, lug all of my amps and gear down four flights of stairs for, like, every single practice. Like, set up was, like, as much, if not more, time than practicing for us. Um, so that's definitely going to be remembered until I get a space. Okay. Um, um, can we hear another song? Yeah, totally. What are you going to play for us? Um, so this next track isn't out yet, and it's one that I will probably be coming out next. Um, it's all recorded and stuff, but I'm working on some mixing, and uh, it's called uh, All You Need.
really like the name of the band. Where did it come from? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I, like, was out of town for, like, three months uh, around Thanksgiving, staying with uh, my folks. And I was... Songs were done. I had just written them. I knew I wanted to come back and get playing. But hardest part, I still did not have the band name. And I was, like, thinking of everything, writing... Before I left, writing so many names down on my phone, and, uh, like, nothing was sticking. And uh, it was, like, a really late night, um, and my mom always has this... Uh, she's got, like, all these weird teas, and she <laughs> she has this valerian root tea, and I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's, like, it knocks you out, and before it knocks you out, you kind of, like, get really loopy, and if you're not tired, you get in this weird, disoriented headspace, like, like kind of like a lucid dream. And... Uh, so I had some Valerian routine, the uh, weird headspace, and I was just thinking of names still. And I had like pillow over my face and like just thinking, thinking, and undercover dream lovers popped into my head. And it was one of those moments where I'm like, I should write this down uh, right now. <laughs> and I almost didn't because I was so tired. I'm like, just do it. Um, so luckily, I got myself up and like just wrote it on my phone. And next day was like, this is sick, this flows. I just really liked it so yeah it's really I mean it, it rhymes and it just sounds so so nice I, I feel like there could be just a good piece on just like how bands got their names but yeah. uh, I've not heard the Valerian Root Tea yeah. uh, method <laughs> <No>. yet <laughs> it's very one of a kind uh, yeah um, so I know that you're you're working on the next um, kind of uh, batch of songs, but uh, any uh, tours? What, what's coming up this summer? Um, we want to play. In, uh, we have some things set up in Philly, and we're working on some DC. We just want to hit up like the local uh, cities and towns nearby while we're still like creating the initial like uh, vibe and still figuring out what it is. Um, but no like set path. We will be in Philly. Um, I believe it's July eighth. And that's at, um, what's the name of the place? Kung Fu Necktie. No, we're not, we're not Kung Fu Necktie. We are playing No. Uh, <laughs> bourbon? Bourbon and Branch? That's no? it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Ripco gives a thumbs up. That's our manager behind the screen. Like, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the one. We have, like, a really organized email thread, but my memory sucks, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we want to make sure we have time for one more song, but, um, where can people get the EP? Where can they yeah, you um, can kind of get all of the uh, information? The internet. <laughs> but, uh, it's a no. wide place. <laughs> Narrow it down. Uh, SoundCloud. Uh, we'll definitely get you some of the songs downloaded on Bandcamp. Uh, we have a website, theundercoverdreamlovers.com. And, uh, yeah, you can check us out there. Lots of cool photos, like all that stuff, um, which we've done all ourselves, which is really DIY to the max. We've, like, put everything together ourselves. So go check it out. Hopefully you guys like it. Awesome. Um, big shout out to Remy, who put me in touch with you guys. Really appreciate it. Um, thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, okay. uh, The Collective We. Oh, yes. um, and uh, we will be back next week with another episode of Snacky Tunes. What's the name of the, the last song? Uh, this one's Love Latin. Okay. Thanks for listening.
We talk about food. We talk about music with musical dudes. Finger on the pulse, snacky tunes. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>